Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugarcane. Three Roll is cane to glass. From Tula Tacos and Amigos in downtown Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Christian Mada, publisher and editor of The Current. It's business, Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. Don't believe what they tell you. Life has a second act. In fact, some lives have three acts, or four, or five, or maybe nine if you're a serial entrepreneur. The heart of business is creativity, the desire to make something new. The twist is that you want to make money on it. But for some entrepreneurs, the goal is bigger than that. Noble pursuits are much easier to pursue if you've already struck gold. In other words, some folks uh, pursue passion projects instead of retirement, and they do that because they want to give back. Plus, most can't quit the hustle. My guest, Sherry Latour, uh, bootstrapped her way from the accounting department at a trucking operation in Houston to running a multi-million dollar oil and gas company. And instead of retiring early, she took on a new venture, mentorship. She bought tops, appliances, and cabinetry in Lafayette and added business incubator to the company's suite of services. Tops houses dozens of small businesses that Sherry advises. And she's also carved out time to run a consulting business for oil and gas firms. Think of her like a mentorpreneur. Uh, Sherry Latour, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. So second acts in business take an open mind. And my guest, Bob Luke, wants his third act to be with free thinkers. Uh, when he's not working as general manager of Tiger Safety Rentals, he's working on his passion project, Cafe Detente. It's part coffee shop, part think tank, and part retreat for those with open minds. It's also his front yard. Cafe Detente has a give some, take some ethos. Members sign up to be baristas or brewers. Brewers host custom workshops and topics of interest, and baristas sign up to attend. There's a lofty goal here, bridging divides and finding common ground. The name Detente itself captures that vision as an easing of hostilities. In a past life, Bob owned and operated a bar and grill. Bob Luke, welcome to Out to Lunch. Hey, great to be here. So, Cherry, uh, my first image when I started trying to think about your know, tops uh, as a appliance and cabinetry, doing remodel work, you know, maybe a big warehouse, and then you also got a business incubator. So how do you fit all that in the same roof? It's a huge building. We have about 60, over 60,000 square feet on wow. the first floor on three and a half acres. So we had lots of room to do something creative with. And I brought in, you know, businesses that seemed to complement tops all in the construction to begin with. Yeah. And then we had uh, an area that we set up in the showroom to be able to demo our products. So we started cooking classes. That's when I brought in Daphne Olivier, the unconventional dietitian. Okay. And that's when my life changed. I started learning more about nutrition. And then we started bringing in more food-related manufacturers and shipping products of food. It just kept growing from there. Now we're actually growing in the half an acre at the back of the building. Wow. So I brought you some rosemary from our garden. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I mean, so is the idea then like, you know, you're kind of at this point in your life where you're saying, what do I want to do next? And you think, okay, well, maybe I get a strong business, but was the idea always to have the incubator component or did that just sort of come later after you bought the business. I've always had uh, a passion to help small businesses and get them running uh, efficiently and putting processes in and helping them get to grow. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to take my big corporate experience 
and bring it to the smaller company when I bought tops. I just applied everything and then I had other clients. So then they just started to, you know, attract and, and show up and the right companies were there. I was there to help them with whether it was bookkeeping or uh, microloans or storage or whatever the needs were, we could collaborate and help grow their businesses. Wow. So, so Bob, um, the first question that really crossed my mind, I was thinking about Cafe Detente and, you know, this idea of creating, you know, uh, a, a, a consensus point for free thinkers. And I thought, why Youngsville? Right? <laughs> yeah. First off, that's where I live. And, no uh, offense to Youngsville. Right. No. <laughs> it's a small town. Hey, it's coming our way. Yeah. You know? yeah. The population's moving our yeah. way. Yeah, so, you know, it really started uh, December 7th of 20, and I just said, you know, all this noise and all this, it felt like the country and our community was just going crazy. I just turned my TVs off. I rented this uh, a Bobcat, and I had these two acres in my front yard. It was a little live oak grove, and I just started clearing trees, clearing out, slashing and burning, and just my, my deal was get home, put my work clothes on, and just go do it. And so all of these ideas that's probably been in there for a while sort of came out. It sort of came into, hey, this would be a great botanical garden for people to come. And then, you know, maybe I can put a little shed and maybe we can drink some coffee. And it grew into the coffee house and Cafe Dayton. And the concept of uh, what it is and will become uh, just sort of grew from there. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're, you know, uh, putting brick up and doing the final final pieces of, of the actual building itself. But it's at the end of Dayton Road in Youngsville. So the it's a leap of The name of the street was Dayton. So, I mean, the they're, name they're, of the tre street is Dayton Road. Okay. So it fell in there. Yeah. So so I kind of want to mind the concept a little bit more here. I mean, so the idea is that, that folks are sort of bringing expertise, right? It's the brewer barista thing, right? Can you talk a little bit more about how that works in practice? Sure. So this is how it works. You know, I mean, my thought is that I think more people have more things in common than against each other. And what I call free thinkers is someone who comes to the table without this just big hardcore opinion. You know, they, they're willing to sit down and really see what other people are thinking and doing and uh, experiment with a lot of diversity. Um, and so what the, what the actual building does is it starts off, I like to explain it through a website. So to become a barista, you're going to be able to get on and build your personalities with these little baristas, I'm calling it. So if you talk a lot, your mouth's big and whatever, whatever, and then you have a few words, and then we have these badges that sort of say, hey, I like music or art or whatnot. So we kind of have an idea of who you are. Next thing on the website is the is the is the bulletin board. So now you know uh, uh, Antonio from from uh, uh, Cartona wants to give a wine tasting class. So somebody might want to show you how to groom a dog, or or, or how to mix bloody marys, or make syrup, or or uh, emotional intelligence class. I know a lot of these folks, and so it's posted, and the baristas get to look at it and say, hey, I, I want to know a little bit more about emotional intelligence. Or, Heck yeah, I want to go do that wine tasting. So they flip their name into it, and now I see who's interested. And then once a number of people are interested, I reel in a brewer is what we call them. And that's, the, that's like Antonio from Cartona. And so 
my job is to say, all right, Antonio, it's not first come, first serve. It's not open to the walk-in public. Let's look at who's interested, and let's really get a good, diverse group of people to come together. Now, they come together to taste wine, but this group of people would have never gotten together otherwise in a million years. But I know they're free thinkers. I know they're willing to come down. They're tasting wine because it's something everybody wants to do. But I think it's, it's, it'll manifest itself into some really good thoughts and people coming together for good reasons. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so Sherry, you're bringing people together in your own way, right? I mean, you've got, I mean, I looked at that list of companies that are kind of in there. You've mentioned that some of this seems to be kind of organic, right? It makes sense within the context of tops and the work that you do. But I mean, how have you gone about adding you know, if I wanted to be part of the Sherry Latour <laughs> incubator, the tops universe of, 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 of startups, I mean, how would I go about doing that? Well, you know, it, it has evolved organically as well. So different entrepreneurs that are there have a feel for who would make a good fit, and they actually recruit for me. And so one of the, the great things that happened after Daphne was in is she brought Boyer DeRees, who is a Bayou Carlin oyster company, mm -hmm. uh, and he has a production kitchen. And within his production kitchen, he had three young men entrepreneurs using his kitchens to produce their product, and they were outgrowing that space. So um, I took some of the um, extra time and space and money that we had during COVID and built three commercial kitchens within Tops. And they're small, but it works just fine for these three young men. And they came in and they have grown their business. We've helped them with the supply chain disruptions by offering them extra space and extra capital to be able to um, get a six month supply instead of just a monthly supply like they were doing before that would actually shut down their business mm -hmm. when COVID hit. And so, and these people have brought other people in to where I'm building this infrastructure. The next phase was, let me build a website. So we have the market at tops.com. Hmm. So people, these entrepreneurs can sell on market as well and you can pick up at tops. And we have a distribution company, so if you need to get into Rouse's, we have a local distributor that can get you in the Rouse's. And, uh, and then Cajun Crate is also doing e-commerce fulfillment, and she's shipping a lot of these products all over the U.S. on a subscription basis. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just, and, and now I'm watching all these entrepreneurs working with each other, mm -hmm. you know, and helping, um, you know, mentor and give advice and recommendations of the, the road they went through, hmm. so. I mean, is it, as this is growing, I mean, is there a thought process in your head that eventually you're out of the remodeling business and you're only in the business incubator business? No, actually, I would see selling Tops appliances and cabinetry, you know, Tops design and Tops service to some of my employees. Huh. And then they become another business to be in the business accelerator program where I can help mentor them and yeah. teach them how to be business owners. Yeah. So, so. So Bob, it's interesting to me, like the idea that you look, I get, you kind of have to curate people exactly. these days, right? Especially look, if the goal is to make sure that you can have a civil discussion, I mean, that's unfortunate to say that, but it's harder today than it was, I feel like even five years ago. But, I mean, it would seem like that would also make it sort of difficult to grow it as an operation. I mean, how do you strike that balance between making sure you're getting, you know, the right people in the door and not, you know, keeping too many people away to where you can't sell enough coffee to keep the doors open? Well, it's, 
I'm not doing this to, to make money. Uh, it needs to sort of hold itself up and, and, and um, make enough money for it to grow uh, at the pace that uh, the appetite for the people coming in, uh, you know, can handle. So we're not seeing, it's not like a regular business where you're trying to get as many people in to get money flow in there. It really needs to go at the pace of people understanding the concept mm. and rolling it out because it'll have a service component too. So you know, as as and we are gonna you know depend a little bit on uh, you know donations and, and events that that actually uh, pay a little bit. But uh, you know, eventually it, it it it's it's to have enough money to where you know these same groups can serve and go help these other people in the community, if it's a, a set of new tires or, you know, fixing a roof or something much bigger. Um, and by the way, I want to do a business laboratory in mine too. <laughs> and sort of, it, I love your model also, but um, we're going to see how it goes one step at a time, but I, I'm not doing this for a living to make money. It, it almost, to me, the way you just described it almost sounds more like a civic organization, almost like r Rotary Club, but with a cafe in the front of it. I mean, is that feel no, right? I no. mean, maybe Rotary is a little old, but you get my gifs. No, you know, so the brewer that comes in, everybody wants to have a coffee shop or a bar or a place to, to hold something. And, you know, think about all the people who have retired or people who have this job over here, but they have this other great talent. You know, you showing a lot of that. They don't have a platform or a place to do it. So they get to be a coffee owner for a day. They get to be a podcast host for a day. Like one of my guys is a uh, Casey's fantasy. He wants to talk about fantasy football. I'm gonna give him a few shots. He gets his own podcast company for that day or two days or four days. So it's sort of, it's not come to Bob's Cafe. Come, don't come to Cafe Detente. It's a place to schedule people to come in and actually put their message out. There's so many people with, you know. There's, I know this uh, guy from Chittimacha. He's a great storyteller. My dad was a sugar cane farmer his whole life. You talk about make some great syrup out of stock sugar cane. You know, things like this. You, you, you know, the, the kids out there that don't know how to bait a hook and go catch a fish. You know, you know people who want to come in and just have a, a dog play date and bring all your dogs out here and come hang out and talk about some things. So we create the events to attract the, the free thinkers and let's see what happens after that. And I just think it's going to be magical. Sure. You know, community is, is missing in so many of our businesses, right? And that's what I've found has happened in the business um, accelerator at Tops is we've developed this community of entrepreneurs, whereas prior to them working out of their home or wherever they were working, they felt like they were on an island. You know, now they're all coming together, they're sharing their experience, they're supporting each other. Just, we're all looking for community, right? You're listening to Out to Lunch with Christian Mader. I'm talking with Sherry Latour of Top Appliances and Cabinetry and Bob Luke of Cafe Detente. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting, especially like, I mean, it sounds like to some extent you, you guys both had uh, this experience interact with COVID, of course, and, and it, it feels like, you know, that changed the way we thought about business. And of course, I think a lot of us probably realized that we were taking something for granted, which is that there's value often in, in, in being in an office around people that think kind of like you or maybe think different from you. I mean, Cherry, I'm curious if, if, if you're at a, um, 
a point where, you know, I know you're saying you're kind of getting this sort of recruitment by word of mouth, but like, you know, do you see an avenue to where, you know, you're, you're putting this space up right for market where you're saying, okay, well, letting people know, hey, you know, come grab a stall at Tops, that kind of thing, where a person's actually signing up to do it as opposed to having to sort of be referred to you by someone who's already there. Well, we've, we've developed different spaces as it makes apparent that Tops doesn't need that space anymore. Okay. So we've, we've just, and I've gone space by space. It's like, wait, I think we could take this 400 square feet and give it up for Tops and let's build an office and see who will show up. <laughs> and that's kind of how it's happened over the last 10 years. Yeah. And it's been uh, fun and exciting. And, you know, I, I imagine some of the backspace where it used to be the mill um, that would make great artist studios. Um, so, so there's still some ideas in the background that I haven't developed yet that I think we could still build it out. Maker Centers was, was you know, really something I was interested in. What I have gotten feedback on, though, is that you don't usually see this in the private sector. This is what the, the nonprofits and the government agencies are maybe trying to do or spending a lot of money to try to make it successful. Sure. And, um, I mean, it's working for us, and, and I'm applying my business experience to it. I just don't get all the free money. <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to the state legislature for your new building. I get it. Um, uh, Bob, she's, you know, I think, feel like a theme here with Sherry's. There's a, I'm going to build it, they're going to come kind of vibe, right? Uh, I mean, it sounds like maybe a similar sort of thing going on with Cafe Daytime, right? So, yeah. so have you started to see people show up? You know, no, it's, it's really been uh, really, uh, it's one of those things as it reveals itself, the light bulbs start coming off. Uh, people don't really, you kind of tell people if you can, their attention span will last long enough and then you find that I don't know I'm, I'm not sure I understand it but it sounds great good luck mm -hmm. so as it develops out uh, we'll do that and, and to your point you know one of my parts of Cafe Daytown is the business laboratory and exactly what she's experiencing uh, that's what I've done in my whole career is 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 uh, develop managers and people that I find that uh, are have the entrepreneurial spirit what they're lacking is capital and know-how for general business and that's where a lot of them fail and so a lot of them if they're given uh, tutoring on how to run QuickBooks build a business plan just a hardcore business plan refine the business plan understand how are they going to compete in the market how do they distance themselves from competitors how do they become professionalized what do you do with that? And so if they have that mentorship, then if they have that entrepreneurial spirit and understand it, then they'll take off. And if they have a, a mother hive to come back to, to go till they can get the training wheels off, that to me is the grassroots side of it. I can't wait to talk to you after this podcast. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of part of the spirit of the, of the coffee house too. We don't know exactly where it's going to go, but it's, it's, it's going to go. Does that jive with you, Yeah, Sherry? I think one, one thing's for certain. If the people in our second and third phases of our career, if we don't start giving back to these young entrepreneurs and start helping them and growing them, where's the help going to come from? Mm -hmm. And I became very convicted of that. 
especially during COVID, when I saw how they were struggling. They had some that had businesses on the side and then their full-time job they lost during COVID. So then they wanted to take their business on the side and pursue their dream. They needed people to help them and, and, and help them with that business plan, help them with the capital to get started mm -hmm. or to grow it. I, didn't, I don't really work with people that are just getting started and just have a business idea. I work with people that want to go to the next level uh, and typically someone that is doing it full time. And, uh, and I'm just watching them grow. And um, there, there's, y'all may have, have heard of uh, this Alex Saison who has the, the syrup for the old fashions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he's using our kitchens to develop our product and, and yeah. bottle and everything. And uh, he has grown so much uh, in this last year. I mean, he has taken off, he's in multiple states, and he's just done great. But he was laid off a year ago in COVID, mm -hmm. you know? And then I was like, I want to talk to you immediately. You know, it's <laughs> like, put me on your calendar. Yeah. And, and that's when I'm like, okay, what will it take to produce 10,000 uh, bottles? Yeah. And he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And we worked up a plan. He's very smart. He's got a, a great business background. And he has done so well. And he's also helping a lot of the the, um, the other entrepreneurs in the building. You know, he's just, I love the way he thinks. I love the way he communicates. And he's been really great managing his business. Yeah. You know? So it sounds like, I mean, to, to Bob's point, right, there's this, you know, a lot of young businesses lack access to capital or infrastructure. Yeah. And you're providing a lot of that. Um, you know, and you mentioned sort of, yeah, that the business incubator model tends to be something that's a public sector kind of thing. And I think the logic there, right, is, well, they don't make money. I mean, has this been something that you've been able to make money off of? Is it self-sustaining, or are you finding that you're having to, you know, put money in that you don't necessarily get back when you create those arrangements? No, I'm investing in it. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I, you know, I have my consulting business. Yeah. Tops is self-supporting, and so it's like, what am I going to do with this consulting work? I got a great contract that I wasn't expecting, and it's like, I'm going to invest it, and and do something with the money I'm getting instead of just complaining about what the, the nonprofits or the government agencies did with their money that didn't work. And so... Um, I mean, I, not, not to turn, turn our, our sights on the government here, but I mean, I guess I'm curious, like, what do you find that you're doing that's working? Because it sounds like it's working, right? You've got lots of these folks that are coming to you. And I mean, maybe here's an opportunity, you know, if the government's listening, how could they run their incubators better, I guess is my question. I wonder if it's because I have the experience of actually being in the workforce. Yeah. You know, um, I, I don't know who's running the business incubators, if they've actually done it, you know, if they've actually run a small business before. Um, but that's that's all I can really contribute I can, to. I can add to that. I mean, you know, uh, it, everything we're just accustomed to a curriculum and a, a, a structured, hey, take accounting, take this, take this, take that. And when I develop my managers, it's like raising children. It's, it, everybody's different. And a lot of times it takes little bitty coaching at a certain pace and then you know what to, to, to do to, to move them up. Nobody knows what a P&L statement is. They don't know how to interpret it. They don't know how, to, how it, the cause and effects of it. They don't know how to get it off the ground. But if, if I was going to start a business and I'm 24 years old, I have to build a business plan and go convince a bank to give me some money. And those guys don't know my ability. So entrepreneurs, they say, are born. 
I'll agree with that to a certain point, but I also think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who just haven't had the coaching and the opportunity and the chance. I love what you're doing. And look, those people are going to be successful, and when they come back, they're going to help you with the new starters. And it's, it's, that's what Cafe Detente wants to do. You couldn't have paired me with a better person yeah. today. Thank you. Yeah. I absolutely believe that, that it's gonna, they're going to be paying it forward. And, and a lot of the motivation for me, not just to say, hey, it didn't work with the, the grant money with this nonprofit, but I can make it work with the money I have to invest in it. It was more about um, when I was in, in, as an employee, when I had an employer invest his time and mentored me and developed me, it changed my life. Absolutely. And that didn't happen for me until my, uh, my early 40s. And when, uh, when I finished with that whole project with him and I became, you know, retired at 45, I'm like, what do I do now? And he said, get your own business. And so I bought an existing one and I started that. But then it's like started asking the questions, what would I want to do if I started my own business? And this is what it was. And um, and I, you know, when when he helped me to get started because he helped me with financing to to buy the property. And all he told me was, is, look, I don't expect you to be able to, you know, pay me back for the mentoring and what I've done for you said but I do expect you to pay it forward you know and uh and I took that very seriously because his time was very valuable and what he saw in me no one else had yet seen that in me and the willingness that he took to do that I was I will be eternally grateful to him and now I get to bless a bunch of other people and I every now and then I hear one of them say yeah, one day I'm going to turn around and say this happened because of what Sherry and Boyer did for me, you know, and isn't that great? Because I can turn around and say, hey, this this happened because of what Eddie did for me, you know, kind of thing. So, Well, look, I mean, time is money, they say, but obviously time is extremely valuable. And, and I commend both of you for, for, for making so much time to help other people kind of figure out mm-hmm. what they're capable of. I mean, it's too often, I think, we, we look at... Um, our own struggles and say it was hard for me it should be hard for somebody else and so i think it's amazing that both of you decided no no we should make this easier for other people you know christian on a non-business point here uh what i found through i'll call it the COVID days is uh i think everybody really uh realized the hamster wheel thing everybody's just on this crazy hamster wheel and you got two parents working things are all over the place and still can't manage to find the happiness or pull it together. I believe when you serve other people and you do things together and you actually go try to make a, a change, get a plan and make a change with, with open-minded people, uh, you don't have to crank up a big business and go into another entrepreneurial road. You can just go do one little thing at a time and just go really get a lot of enjoyment out of it. And I think, I think that's the component that drove me to the coffee house. Uh, I just think a lot of people wants and needs that. Yeah. And some personal motivation for me that came out of COVID as well is, you know, supply chain disruption is still a very real thing for appliances and cabinetry. Some of our products are still out a year. And so for us to 
for us to need a year to order a luxury kitchen, it's been a real strain. Uh, COVID has been a real strain for my employees that are uh, parents. And so we reduced our showroom hours to try to help uh, with the load that they've had to live with. And, um, and being able to, to work with these entrepreneurs uh, and, um, and develop this time with them has actually given me so much fulfillment and satisfaction that I'm not going crazy with worry over where the industry is going. I mean, it has been so scary owning a business and employing people during these last few years of, are we going to be able to make it? Are we going to be able to, I mean, in all the uh, risk you assess when you're an entrepreneur working with a business, the one risk I never thought would ever happen is that I wouldn't be able to buy the products I sell. Never occurred to me, never planned for that. But, uh, I mean, it was taking a year. I couldn't get freezers for like a whole year and a half. During deer season down here, we couldn't get freezers. <laughs> you know, it was terrible. Yeah. You know, so so it's helped me. I feel diversified. I feel fulfilled. And I am happier than I've ever been in my life. Well, look, I, that's... That's a powerful th- that's a powerful sentiment. I mean, at the end of the day, what's the point if you're unhappy? And um, I've been great to spend my time with you guys and out to lunch today. So thanks you both for joining me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it. My guests today on Out to Lunch Acadia have been Sherry Latour of Tops Cabinetry and Appliances and Bob Luke of Cafe Detente. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRVS, and you can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Sherry and Bob and what they do by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe on your podcast app and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Molly Richard. Our researcher is Leah Erdialis. And today's show is engineered by Dylan Babineau. I'm Christian Nader. I'm editor of The Current. So join me next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Tula Tacos and Amigos. Tula Tacos and Amigos offers street-style tacos, margaritas, and an open-air courtyard on Jefferson Street in the heart of downtown Lafayette. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. 